morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And we got the CEO of Collecti Lab, Selman G, is joining us. So I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Binance.us was the latest exchange to be called out by United States regulators. After being accused of selling unregistered commodities, more details reveal over 300 illegal accounts run by their CEO. Ripple is becoming more outspoken than ever against the SEC, claiming their innovative, wait, calling their innovation to meet a classic bait and switch as the FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried was caught bribing Chinese officials, adding to his long list of allegations. Coinbase has added flair to their company roadmap, possibly bringing this airdrop to thousands of American investors. And the NASDAQ is launching crypto custody services this summer, bringing billions to the crypto market. As the XRP price chart is looking stronger than ever, we break down the details, discussing what this could mean for the future of the Phoenix. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So I want to apologize to all of our listeners. I stuttered during the live chat. I accidentally put a typo in the intro, so I'll take ownership of that. But before we get into the episode, Johnny, how you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. Abs, I don't think if you told me when you started, nobody would know anyway, but it's all good. So first of all, good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there. I love you guys. appreciate you. Hopefully you're all doing well. Actually, Abs, someone just invented a new word. I think I call it good Merlin. Oh, where'd it go? It was pretty funny. <laughs> but anyway, uh, hopefully you're all doing well. Look forward to get hopping into it. We got a lot of good news for you guys today. Super G, always happy to see your face, my friend. And I want to remind our listeners, tomorrow we are having Brad Kimes on the show. So that's going to be a really exciting interview. But how are you feeling this morning? And thank you for being here. I'm feeling good, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, you know, got a little bit of uh, a red in the market. So just kind of studying the charts and seeing uh, if, I, if I have good entries. But um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm just trying to enjoy the week because this is going to be kind of my last full week. I'll still be with you guys on Mondays and Tuesdays. So I'm just trying to enjoy every day and just be here with you guys. And uh, it's going to be a great show. Absolutely, Gonzo. And we enjoy having you, my friend. But Selman G is joining us today. And Selman, the topic of conversation this morning is the XRP price chart has officially gotten over 50 cents. So we're going to dive into it later in the episode. But how are you feeling, my friend? And congrats on the mansion. Thank you so much. I work really hard for this one. Good morning, guys. Good afternoon. Good evening. I cut onions today. So uh, bear with me. Literally want to cry. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was no brainer, right? The chart looked amazing and now it's going up. It could even go higher because Bitcoin dominance is still very high. So get ready, guys. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited. We got great news uh, for today. So absolutely, I'll kick it back to you. Absolutely, guys. And we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto. We're at 3,234 followers. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in greed this morning, sitting at a 59. But here's what I'm excited about, Johnny Crypto. Green bubbles across the board. And for many of our XRP holders out there, your bags are up nearly 8.4% in the day. We've got flare pumping up 26%. So, Johnny, I'd love to get some comments from you before we dive into the show. Well, you know, we've always told you on this show, watch the XRP chart because you'll see something happening in the chart before you actually see anything happen in the case. And so you obviously see there's some, some movement here. There's something going on. So 
Uh, you know, and we now it could be one of those things where is it speculation because everybody, you know, has thought and that this case is going to end by the end of the month, or is there really something happening here? That's the part we're going to really find out in the long run. Abs, very, very fascinating. We'll have to wait and see and keep an eye on it. The good news is we all had our bags packed way earlier before all this stuff, and that's how you want to play the game. You want to be in this before any of this stuff comes, you want to be in it when it feels horrible to buy. When there's blood in the streets, and that's what we were doing. And soon, hopefully, the XRP army will be rewarded. Absolutely, Johnny. And when I check out the XRP price chart, it's looking more exciting than ever. And I want to zoom in on this for our listeners here. Guys, anybody who was involved in this project before the XRP lawsuit had the opportunity to accumulate in this 25 cent range. Well, what happened? We got a pump, dump, and then we went into a full blown bear market, touching just below $2. Over the last 24 months, we completed a bear market regression. We're going to dive into this later in the episode. We are finally breaking out, and it appears we created our bear market bottom here just above 30 cents. But Gonzo, before we dive into that, I want to update our listeners on the total coin market cap. Today, we're sitting at $1.13 trillion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 46% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 26900 Ethereum, 1700 XRP, like I just mentioned, just below 50 cents and up 17% on the seven day. Cardano is 36 cents. Litecoin is 86. Lidao, 214. And we'll scroll down to Quant Network sitting at 120. And Gonzo, before we get into our articles for today, I'd love to just open up the discussion and remind our listeners, Brad Kimes is going to be joining us for that interview tomorrow. So I cannot forget this. I'm going to continue to remind you tomorrow, Digital Perspectives is joining the show. But Gonzo, before we get into our articles, what sticks out to you about the market today? And how do you feel about flare pumping up 25% off some minor news from Coinbase? Yeah, you know, I was wondering when I saw it this morning, it was up 20%. Now it's up like 26%. And I knew there, there was going to be some type of news. Uh, but yeah, we've definitely, I think, seen the bottom on flare. And the same thing, like you said, with XRP, we, we've seen the low. We're, we're kind of entering into that automatic rally phase. And without just any news at all about the lawsuit, you could easily see once we break that high of 53 cents um, and we break the high in the structure, we could easily move into an automatic rally mode to where we're going up into the 80 cent uh, region, all the way up to like a dollar 10, something like that. And that's just looking at the price action and the FIB bull, no news at all. Like if something happens with the lawsuit, right? You would, you'd get full FOMO mode, but just taking that out of it, just looking at the price action on the chart, um, you know, you're looking at an automatic rally that can go from 80 cents up to like a dollar ten. Absolutely, Gonzo. And there's no coincidence at all that the XRP to Bitcoin pairing is looking more bullish than ever as the XRP to the US dollar pairing is looking great. But guys, we got 254 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you were on Alex Cobb's live stream this morning, I was also there. So shout out to you. But Selman, I'd love to get some comments on the XRP price chart before we get into some articles for today. This is something we've been discussing for quite a while and Waters Above highlighted it last month. XRP has been creating an 800-day bull flag and we're not showing it on this exact chart, but I will pull it up later in the episode. And it appears we've finally broken out of that. And not only did we break out, we broke up and bullish. So now the next level that we really have to watch for is that 54 cent range like Gonzo just mentioned. If we're able to get above 54 cents for XRP, there's almost no levels of resistance from that 54 all the way to about 78 cents. So that's really exciting for our holders out there. Any comments on that while I pull up the price chart? When you see this price chart, can you pull it up again, please? Um, unfortunately, many new uh, you know, crypto fans, uh, they believe that it, it could really hit 27 and they FOMO into, into XRP. But 
people later realize that this is almost unrealistic hitting 27 anytime soon why because back then in 2017 the market cap of xrp was low right and circulating supply was different and we didn't have uh, 23,000 different altcoins back then so money flew into xrp um but now we have 23,000 altcoins xrp didn't pump people moved on to other chains right and so uh, the distribution of money has changed and now that the market cap is also that high, obviously $27 is not going to happen. Uh, but people, you know, these influencers love to push that out so that, you know, they give likes, follows, and then uh, they can FOMO, uh, create that FOMO uh, among retail investors. So that is uh, distracting, obviously, manipulating. But like, yes, obviously, as just just said, like 60s and 70s would be great for XRP. Could also, uh, we could see that momentum is really great. I'm hitting for 61st because there is some, you know, slight resistance there. And uh, we can see after Bitcoin pulls back again and consolidates, st uh, stability comes in that, you know, XRP could continue the pump. After the lawsuit, though, I believe the opposite will happen. We will see consolidation and pullbacks because buy the rumors, sell the news. Absolutely. And what we can talk about right now, Johnny, is the fact that what is causing this price pump Everybody's thinking it's got to be something related to the quorum airdrop. It might be something related to the news. My perspective is XRP is long overdue for some price movement. And this chart that we're showing right now highlights that perfectly as we're touching a nearly five-year trend line. And we can't break below this thing. So I don't anticipate it's going to happen anytime soon. Johnny, we always say there's no such thing as a coincidence. There's just an unrecognized pattern. So what am I missing here? And why do you believe the price chart's moving on this Tuesday morning? Well, I mean... I think at the end of the day, we all know why it's moving. There's obviously major speculation that this case is coming to an end. But the reality is, <laughs> if the judge rules it and, and you know, in one direction or the other, this case isn't coming to an end. And soon we're going to have somebody on there that can actually talk more to us the following week. So pay attention to our next guest after Brad. But the reality is, we don't know what's going to happen because if she rules one way or another, we're getting an appeal. And then again, so this is why Gonzo's, I mean, not Gonzo, uh, someone's right that the uh, this is going to be probably most likely a buy the rumor, sell the news. I've been saying that for a while. I've also been saying that I didn't think we'd go higher than a dollar, dollar ten, you know, somewhere in that zone ish is where I think we'll be um, regardless of what happens here. And then I think there'll be a pullback as well as some said. I don't know if it's going to be sustainable now. If we get a settlement, that's a whole different story. And I'm not talking about a settlement. That that means this thing's over, over. And now, you know, this thing will start to go, I think, you know, find its new price discovery. But I don't think we're going to get a settlement. I think we may, may get a ruling. So uh, I think it's just speculation, Abs. I think it's excitement. Um, it's smart money probably trying to make money because it was buying when we were going flat for a while. And now it knows all the suckers are going to get excited. And by the way, if you want to know how this works, make sure you click below and come to the 3T Academy Freedom Conference this year in 2020, Abs, 2023. We have a uh, presentation we're going to be walking you through on the emotions of the stock market, how you get played, and how to play that game. So if you want to learn how to play this game, come to the Freedom Conference. Um, Johnny. Johnny Crypto and Selma, before you give your update, we got 321 live listeners joining us. If you want Johnny to mute his phone, show us some love, smash that like mute. button. I can't help it, guys. I can only tell him so many times, but Selma, I, I, think you the comment. I love that. Comment. So, um, what just actually, uh, to what Johnny said, um, 
you, I checked out the different wallets, uh, the whales uh, that are holding like uh, like hundreds of thousands and millions of XRPs, and they have been purchasing a lot the last uh, two months, and especially in March, early March. And you know the chart was, looked great, and now you see the pump. So I would say it's not gonna go, you know, to hundred dollars immediately, right? So what's gonna happen is these whales will eventually take profits. So when we hit certain levels. And if you want to just short-term trade, you want to take profits, it's the best uh, decision you can do. But obviously, if, you, if you're for the long-term here, you're still dollar-cost averaging for the bull market, then obviously that's a different strategy. Don't, you know, um, confuse that long-term strategy with the short-term strategy we're talking about here. Absolutely. And Gonzo, I'd love to just get some closing remarks from you here. We're showing our listeners an XRP price chart that clearly shows a level of resistance at 50 cents. But once we get above this price zone, you've said it yourself from 50 to 78 cents is a clear path for profit. And this is something we've been anticipating for quite a while. When XRP moves, it moves drastically. And then when it goes into a bear market, it lasts far longer than people would like. So I'd like to just get some closing comments here. What are you anticipating if we do break above this 54 cent range? How quickly will we get to that 80 cent mark? Um, there is a, I, I think it'll... Oh, oh is never, that me? Or is that Abs? Sorry, oh. I thought... You know, I'm also G. Okay. That's why I'm not <laughs> I thought you were talking to me. Anyways, um, no, you're right though. Uh, that's what This is what XRP does. If you look back at the price history, it lays dormant for a significant amount of time. And then when it moves, it moves quickly, right? It can give you a 20, 30% candle in a matter of hours. So you want to make sure that if, like what Selman pointed out, if you're long-term, you're DCAing and you're for the next bull run or for the future, then it's whatever your entry price is, right? But if you're looking to take some profits because you've been in XRP for an extremely long time, you want to make sure that you're putting in your sell orders, right? You want to get that in ahead of the time. Because what will happen is price will explode. It'll move up through your price levels and you want your sell orders to execute. Because by the time you get on your phone and you're trying to do all that stuff, it's already started to correct and start to come down. Now, it doesn't usually just crash all the way down, but you know you could lose like 10, 15% um, and then it's going to find some type of support. But you're right. When it moves, it moves and then it comes back down. Absolutely. And that's why Johnny Crypto, the man, the myth, the legend has this application that we love to talk about called Merlin. And this is what it's all about, guys, creating an exit strategy. So when XRP moves, you're able to take profit. Anybody who went through this bull run and didn't take profit, you know what I'm talking about. So this is the exact solution that we created. And Johnny, I think it's a good time to dive into our first article. But Selman mentioned institutional inflows into cryptocurrencies. Well, we've got some hard evidence of that throughout the week as Bitcoin experienced nearly $130 million worth of inflows from institutional investors alone. This was backed by nearly 31 million in shorts. And what I think that highlights is how bullish this market is. Bitcoin was the primary beneficiary seeing nearly $128 million worth of inflows and expressed recently by some of our clients as a safe haven for the first time. Ethereum products lost $5.2 million during last week, and they believe that investors, institutional investors specifically, are worried about the Shanghai upgrade, as well as the SEC, which is circling the waters on Ethereum. I'd also like to remind our listeners that XRP products also received $1.2 million, respectively, over the past week. So, Salman, I'd love to get some comments from you. How do you feel about the institutions buying into crypto at the exact time that this market's turning bullish? So, um, that's actually a great uh, question because... You know, usually what happens is these big whales, they buy silently. And then when when Bitcoin pumps and then later you see that news update, you feel like, man, whales have just entered. So I should also buy. 
but in fact they're they started selling because these kind of news updates are there to uh, for for them uh, to you know uh, get exit liquidity and you and I we as retail investors we jump in and so um this is you know there are rumors that this whole pump has been manipulated also by Binance etc to make few bucks and the bear market will continue or eventually will go down to see like 18k again something like that so it's still speculation of course we don't know but we are certainly in an uptrend and so these big guys uh, when you check out the wallets holding more than thousand bitcoins they are still selling they haven't increased their like we haven't seen new accumulation of wallets so the existing ones are maybe purchasing but in a bull market or in a bear market or end of the bear market we see the rise of these uh, the number of wallets and we haven't seen that yet this is why i'm still skeptical uh, but definitely when you know we have bearish divergences for bitcoin so when you see that news update i believe they're bringing it out to create more exit liquidity uh but yeah they they have entered a month ago or two months ago and uh, we'll see how that's going to end Gonzo, I don't know if it's a leap to say this, but the U.S. government holding nearly $5.6 billion worth of Bitcoin tells me that they may be incentivized to have this project go up over time. And one of the things we're seeing clearly within the crypto regulation framework of today is that Bitcoin is being separated from the rest of the market. We're seeing it time and time again. And I think this is a good time to dive into the CZ article and the fact that Binance is on their way out of the United States. But guys, before we do that, we got 354 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, we mentioned this yesterday as the NASDAQ is going to be listing crypto custody services starting this summer. Well, SEC Chairman Gary Gensler said crypto exchanges could not be considered safe custodians. At the exact same time, just two weeks later, we have the NASDAQ make an announcement that they are going to be receiving crypto custody services in the United States. And this reminds me of what Kevin O'Leary had to say nearly 12 months ago. When the NASDAQ comes into this market, this turns into the 12th sector of the economy. And there couldn't be more clear evidence of that here. So what I, the picture that I'm trying to paint, Gonzo, is that Gary Gensler is doing his job. He's giving the NASDAQ, he's giving Fidelity, he's giving BNY Mellon and JP Morgan the opportunity to come in and custody crypto at a discount during the bear market while also moving the competition out of the United States, whether that's Coinbase receiving a Wells notice or Binance being accused of selling unregistered commodities yesterday. This is a clear example of traditional finance coming into crypto, taking a hold of the assets and profiting off of that going forward. So I just wanted to get some brief comments on this. How do you feel about Gary Gensler's clear agenda being right before our eyes? Yeah, I think you're 100% spot on, Abs. Um, you know, we've been talking about this where he's just clearing the way for TradFi, right? And that, you know, he's putting, he's putting out these lawsuits and, you know, saying that, you know, exchanges are dangerous. And I'm not arguing that they're not because we tell people not to hold your stuff on exchanges. But he's saying it for a different reason, right? Like you just said, two months ago, he's, he's talking about the exchanges. They get Coinbase gets a well notice. Now we get Binance being sued. And then quietly behind the scenes, you have the NASDAQ that's going to start their custody of crypto. And they're just starting out with that. You, you, you better bet that I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to get the clarity that Coinbase and that the other crypto entities didn't get. These guys are going to meet behind the scenes. They're going to get the clarity and the guidelines. And then this thing's going to run, right? Because they're going to start with custodying your crypto, the NASDAQ is, and then they're going to roll it over into other different kind of crypto offerings, right? You're seeing it, uh, Fidelity, right? They rolled out. Their, um, their Bitcoin and Ethereum that you can buy now. BNY Mellon, the oldest bank, right? Uh, they were talking about custodying crypto. So you could see what, what they're doing. They're, they're trying to get rid 
of any of the like the 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 crypto homegrown companies so that they can make room for the TradFi companies to come in and kind of be the savior for crypto. Absolutely. And Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get some additional comments from you as well. But you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the article we showed last week where Hester Pierce had a very eerie quote at the end of this article. And I just want to call out Hester Pierce because we actually invited her to be on the show and she denied several times. So I'm going to keep flooding her email and hopefully someday we can get Hester Pierce on Good Morning Crypto because I think we can manifest it, guys. So with that being said, this is the quote that I wanted to bring up for our listeners. Some people in the regulatory world are perfectly fine with having innovation in crypto move away from the United States. That's because they don't think there's anything positive going on or going to come out of this. Hester Pierce tends to think differently. But this is the main objective right here, Johnny. You push crypto out. You allow traditional finance to come in and everybody's happy. So floor is yours, my friend. I think we need to get like a Nostradamus hat for the show. I mean, we've been predicting all this stuff for a year now and all everything we've been saying. I hate to toot our own torns, horn, but sometimes you have to. We've been spot on with a lot of this stuff. This is literally a power grab for the elites to come in and, and get themselves in position, as we've said on the show several times, in position before the real money floods in, before regulation comes in, right? All this stuff right now. We are, we're so damn early in this thing that I know it, it feels late to everybody. But you have to understand, it's early. Most people don't even know what crypto are is yet. So the the elites and everybody, they're moving in position. It's like it's like a game of battleship. You just got all the ships moving into place. Everything's got to get positioned in. And it's just not done yet. It's just starting. And the NASDAQ is one of the key pieces to that. You have to have the NASDAQ in it. They will run the 12th sector of the system. Because, you know, if you think about it, crypto is more of a technology. It is 100%. It's a technology play. And the NASDAQ is the technology part of the of the stock market. So it makes perfect sense. 100%. No surprise here for us. Uh, it's just further validation of what's to come in the future. The only question is when is all this going to happen? And it's probably still several years away as all this stuff comes into play. But Hester's right where we know they want to push it all away. And you see that happening now. And, you know, Binance isn't going away. Binance is huge. Binance doesn't need the U.S. to survive. It's only hurting the people in the U.S. That's the sad part. But, yeah. Hey, guys, smash that like button at least three times. Never smash it. Uh, even times only odds. And uh, give, give it the, you know, smash that like button. And uh, I, I, Ab says, drive the algorithm up so people can see this. Absolutely, content. guys. And coincidentally, we got 420 live listeners for Johnny Crypto this morning. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And, Johnny... That's exactly what, the, what we're trying to highlight here is Gary Gensler is doing his job. We often talked about why is he so confident in coming in and kicking these crypto companies out of the United States? Because he's been given jurisdiction from the president of the United States. He's coming in, he's making the big banks wealthy, and then he's on his way out. And coincidentally, guys, we got Coach JV, our fearless leader in the live chat. So shovel some love, smash that like button for Coach JV. And Selman, I know you had some additional comments. So please, the floor is yours. So it says some people in the regulatory world are perfectly fine with having innovation crypto move away from the United States. Have you guys watched the uh, congressional hearing of TikTok? And um, let me know, guys, in the chat what you think of that. You probably have seen it on TikTok or on the Twitter. It was, in my opinion, a shit show, right? The questions were so stupid. And I don't know if that was on purpose or, or if they're really serious about these questions, right? Because it's, in my opinion... Um, it's a disgrace, right, for the United States. And um, it, it's very sad to see. And now I understand 
before that congressional hearing, I thought, you know, OK, there is something happening in the states. Uh, they they still uh, fight crypto because something's happening behind the scenes. But now after that congressional hearing, my opinion changed a little bit. I, I feel like, man, like the people that are reigning, they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand technology innovation. I don't know how they got there. They were very old. They We should, you know, replace them with some dynamic, with some dynamic blood. Um, but it's, it's clear to me now, or at least, you know, th that's what they sold me that they don't understand what crypto is, is, and they are perfectly fine with, uh, with it moving abroad. Right. And so that, that's really sad. Or as Johnny says, the elites, right. In my opinion, the elites want this to happen, want to, um, uh, want to make sure that America is not the strongest country anymore, that it gives power over overseas, right, to to some other countries, or make it even. Who knows? But uh, it's it's actually shocking. And Johnny, I think something that we got to address, and Gonzo, I'll actually love to kick it to you here. A reputable source inside the industry believes that this was a a political move by the CFTC to sue Binance in order to gain control over the crypto market from the SEC. And we're yet to dive into the details of this case, Gonzo, but there's something clear going on here. And that's a battle between the CFTC and the SEC for jurisdiction over the crypto market. And everybody knows if it makes dollars, it makes sense. And Gary Gensler is here for the dollars, Gonzo. So before I play this video, I'd love to get some brief comments on the ongoing battle between the SEC and the CFTC. Who do you believe is correct as right now Binance is considered to be selling commodities as Bitcoin, Ethereum, and two stablecoins were considered commodities in that document? Yeah, I mean, it's a total shit show. You got Gary saying that everything's a security. They sue Paxos, so they pull BUSD, which was Binance's stablecoin. But when you look at the recent lawsuit with the CFTC, they clearly state that USDT and BUSD are commodities, right? On top of that, they said that Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin were commodities. How the hell is a developer, is a company that's within the United States supposed to build a product when the two governing bodies can't get it straight in their own heads, right? And I understand that when uh, there's a story that maybe we'll get to later, that when you're talking about commodities, commodities could fall under securities laws but securities can't fall under commodities laws, right? So we have to see how that plays out. But imagine what that looks like outside of the US to people that are looking at us. Our two governing bodies can't get their shit together, right? I mean, it's kind of embarrassing, but it's like, I, I told you this earlier, Abs, it's like two parents that are arguing in the middle of a divorce and crypto's the kid in the middle and we're just kind of stuck in the middle and you gotta, gotta see how it plays out. Exactly. Sometimes Bitcoin has to go stay with the CFTC. Sometimes he's got to go to the Securities and Exchange Commission. And Johnny, I'd love to get some additional comments here because one thing that I clearly see here, and this is what I want to paint a picture of for our listeners, get your crypto off exchanges. If you have thousands of dollars sitting on an exchange today, you're, you're putting yourselves in a terrible position, whether it's the SEC coming after Coinbase with their Wells notice or the CFTC coming after Binance. I really believe this is only the beginning of regulation for exchanges in the United States. And I had a very telling conversation. Sorry to go off on a tangent here, Johnny. Yesterday, somebody asked me, why would I take my stuff off of Coinbase if they've already been sued by the SEC? Well, they haven't been sued. They've actually just been given a Wells notice, which is, which is stating that they're being investigated for illegal operations. If the SEC decides to file a lawsuit, 
that's when the storm begins. And that's when you're going to see major hits across a bunch of these exchanges. So I just want to warn our listeners and prepare them for that. Johnny, you have any additional comments? Oh, I mean, yeah. My first comment is to Gonzo's question where he said, how is a company supposed to work here in the U.S.? They're not. That's the answer. They're not supposed to. That's the whole point of it. The reason why they've left everything vague and they've screwed it all up and said, well, the SEC covers this part and the CTFC covers that part. They made it confusing purposely because we've been saying again on this show, I got to get that Nostradamus hat. We've been saying they don't want the U.S. to lead in crypto. Powell came out and said it two years ago. We're going to take our time. We're going to move slow. We don't want to be the forerunner of front runner of this stuff. And, and Smagala is right here. And not your keys, not your coins is the reason why you don't want to have your stuff on the exchanges. Because if the exchange goes down, okay, for whatever the reason, whether they get sued, or so, you know, so we find out there's a larger contagion, whatever the hell happens to it, you can potentially lose your holdings. And that's why you want to move your stuff either onto what we call a hot wallet like, you know, an Atomic or an Exodus or something like that, or a cold wallet, like a Ledger or an Elipar, things like that. So there's different ways to get that stuff off of there. Um, I only leave on there what I want to trade or sell. So this way I've got it. It's already there, and I'm not trying to go back and forth and fumble at the last minute. So that is a strategy, but obviously that's at risk, but you have to live with the risks that you do. We are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. You have to say to yourself, what are you willing to lose? And whatever that is you're willing to lose, that's what you would leave on the exchange. Everything else you should take off. Absolutely. And Gonzo, I'd like to get some comments from you here. As Crypto Eddie released a new update from Coinbase stating that Flare is going to be added to the company's roadmap. Now, this is exciting for many of our XRP holders out there, especially if you participated in the Flare airdrop using a centralized exchange like Coinbase. So Coinbase official Twitter account announced that Flare is listed on their roadmap. We haven't seen a Coinbase pump in ages, and Masari's 2021 research showed Coinbase listing has the highest impact on price among exchange listings. Well, what do we see this morning after the rumors of Flare being listed, Gonzo? The token is up nearly 29%, and I'm going to pull that up in the background, but there's no coincidence at all, and I think we should apply this to XRP. If there is a lawsuit resolution and one exchange, whether it's Binance, whether it's Coinbase, any of these big global exchanges decide to list the token, you're going to see a pump in price just based off the speculation alone. But as for the Flare Network airdrop, what does this mean to you? Do you trust that Coinbase is going to distribute many of these Flare tokens? You know, um, I'm not sure. You think they would, right? You think what they're maybe what they're waiting for is to is to um, list it, and then once they list it, you have your wallet, so it's easy to transition your airdrop into the wallet, right? They don't have to send it to any other exchange or to some other wallet. So maybe that's what they've been waiting for. Uh, it seems like the market sure does think that, right? Um, I didn't participate. I, I wasn't in uh, part of that snapshot. Um, but I did build some flare positions when we were down at the bottom because I do believe in the technology. But you're right. Um, the market does seem to think that um, it's going to get listed on Coinbase. It seems like that's what the roadmap says. We we're kind of reading it. It, it doesn't give specific language. It's kind of just lists it. Uh, but definitely the price action is reflective of, re reflective of that. And it would make a lot of sense that now that they're listing it and that you have your wallet in the exchange, that if you qualify for the airdrop, they can easily just kind of move it into your wallet. It's very interesting. And I don't know if I trust Coinbase. Actually, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I do not trust Coinbase. But what this is the live update that they gave us yesterday. I read through this whole document. And as Gonzo just told you guys, 
there's not much meat within this article. There's nothing really telling here. It just says they're planning on listing a native blockchain asset listed as Flare. And then they go through why they wouldn't list some of these tokens. But as for when or how this is going to take place, absolutely no details here, guys. And Selman, I'd love to get some additional comments just really briefly on the fact that the price is moving based off the speculation alone. What does this mean to you about the implications it could have when XRP goes through a relisting process, flares up 25% just off coming to Coinbase? Two reasons, in my opinion, why Flare is pumping. First, Flare is part of the XRP ecosystem, right? So when XRP pumps, obviously all these tokens, et cetera, would also pump. And Flare is very much connected to Ripple uh, XRPL. So that's one of the things why I believe Flare is pumping while the rest is while rest of the altcoins are consolidating or pulling back. The other one is uh, you always want to buy the rumors and sell the news. When there is a big um, exchange listing, um, or an, at least an announcement, you always see a pump coming because people believe, okay, I should buy now because tomorrow when it's going to get listed on an exchange, on a big exchange, there's going to be a lot of volume and I'm going to triple it or maybe 5x, 10x uh, my money in, where in fact you're already by the rumors, right? And so when, when that uh, listing happens, it will immediately pull back and currently it is at a key resistance level. RSI, et cetera, is overbought. And so I would say, Watch out, guys. Buying into Flare right now doesn't make sense. And if you are trading Flare, obviously taking profits is never a bad bad thing. Johnny Crypto, they often say, when in doubt, zoom out. And we're calling this Flare pump up 25% of the day. This is a hilariously small green candle when you get into these larger time frames. And as you can tell, after the initial airdrop, all these red candles in when the Oracle providers were illegally dumping on people like us. And now I know it's not technically illegal, but it's definitely frowned upon. So I did want to get some of your brief comments here. I'll zoom in to make this day look more exciting. How do you feel about this 25% green candle, Johnny? I'm laughing my ass off. You guys are talking about a pump and we're going from like three cents to four cents. Like seriously, I, I just laugh because there's, ever since I got into the crypto industry, the one thing everybody overuses is the word pump. You just hear, hey, this is pumping, that's pumping. And then I go look and it's up like three cents. Like, no, let's not call a pump a pump until we're up a couple dollars, all right? You want to call this, this is a dump is what it was. Go look at the chart, you know, like you just showed three months ago. When you see it, yeah, that that's a dump. And we haven't seen a pump yet. Get that back. But yeah, I that's know SPV. I know yeah. some people are excited. Yeah, that's bank stocks. That's what that looks like. I know people get excited, you know, something's up 10, 20, 30%. And the reality is, you know, if you're in the stock market, it is. I don't play this game like that. I don't care about little tiny, you know, three, five, eight percent pumps or even, you know, this doubling from two, you know, two to four cents. Doesn't do anything for me because I'm a long-term hodler abs. So for me, I'm really looking and gearing up and positioning myself, my portfolio, my exit plan, and my mindset for when we have the next halving coming and how to play that. Until then, frankly, I really don't care. None of this stuff, I don't, I don't, I don't even pay attention anymore because it's just not that significant when you know where we're going. Some people are happy with the 2X and they're out. That's fine. I'm not here for 2X. I'm here for a lot more than that. And I know that is a long-term, long-term play. And none of it's really going to happen until we start getting regular, reg, the regularity and clarification. We get some regulation and we see real institutional money coming in. And we all know that's about that's going to start to happen as soon as that having is coming up next year.
Absolutely, Johnny Crypto. And we got 425 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. XRP, it moved, not pumped, says Roger Wabbit. I'm not sure if I agree. It depends on when you got your bags, am I right? But guys, check out this latest article. And I'm going to come to you, Gonzo, first. As Ripple's counsel says, the SEC invitation is a bait and switch. Policy head slams regulators for pushing innovation outside of the United States. And this is very funny because we just highlighted this throughout the entire episode. Here's our validation from Ripple's general counsel, Stuart Alderati, as well as head of policy, Susan Friedman. So they said the absence of clear rules is driving crypto innovation outside of the United States. While the SEC has not officially charged Coinbase, the exchange has reiterated its willingness to defend itself if the regulator takes things further. Bloomberg Law also commented and said a lawsuit against the San Francisco-based exchange could put crypto into the survival line. And what's really interesting about this article here, Johnny, is that innovation, it's a bait and switch with the SEC. What Ripple is claiming is that they want these crypto companies to come into the SEC, disclose what they're doing, and then even if they're a responsible actor, pay the SEC after the fact. So I'm going to read a couple of quotes and kick it to Gonzo. The securities regulator is fully aware that there is no path towards registration. The agency is focusing on enforcement actions to bully and bulldoze responsible actors. The SEC's continuous adoption of regulation by enforcement shows that the agency is not is interested in fostering innovation in the United States, said Stuart Alderati. And Gonzo, this fits perfectly with the quote we read from Hester Pierce earlier in the episode, where she admits there are plenty of regulators operating in the United States today that are okay with crypto leaving because they think it's a negative for the traditional banks. So let's pause it here before we continue with the article. How do you feel about Stuart Alderati's statements? Yeah, I think he's um, spot on. And, you know, they're not the only one. There are multiple exchanges, if not protocols, that have come in and said that, um, you know, there is no clear path to registration, regardless of what Gary Gensler says. And that, you know, they, they invite you to sit down and talk to them, but then they don't give you any guidance or they don't answer your questions. But if you give them information, what they do, like Johnny likes to say, is when you leave, they turn around and slap you with the lawsuit, Right. Um, and so I, I think it goes to the bigger um, idea, what you just said, Abs, is that the whole point that they don't care and they're trying to push um, crypto out of the U.S., it's because they're trying to save the banks. They're trying to save traditional finance, right? And they can't see it, right? Um, and it's going to, and it's going to, and it's sad because it's going to end up costing the U.S. You know, we talked about this the other day when, um, during the Caitlin Long interview, when she was talking about the, the, the real forward tech banks that got um, liquidated, right? That, that uh, went insolvent. That was Silvergate, um, SVP, and Signature, right? <clears throat> there was a reason why. It's because it seems like the administration that's in power does not like technology and they're trying to roll us back. So why would they care if technology was leaving our shores? Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get some additional comments here because there's something very telling. Gonzo said they're pushing crypto out of the United States, but we're getting a conflicting narrative because the NASDAQ, Fidelity, JP Morgan, all the traditional financial firms are getting the green light while the original, let's call them OG crypto exchanges, they're getting kicked out of the United States and they're being told they're operating illegally while the traditional financial firms are now adopting exactly what they were doing. Now, I'm not sure that may have been a little bit confusing for our listeners, but what I'm basically saying is they're saying, Coinbase, you can't do this, but JP Morgan, you get the go-ahead. So, Johnny, I'd just like to get some comments, and then we'll continue with selling. I'm going to make it very simple for everybody. I said it earlier in the show. It's one word. It's called a power grab. That's what's happening here. You're watching the shifting of, a, of this industry, which they didn't give a shit about, right? It was kind of, you know, stage one. 
First, they ignore you. So this whole thing has been ignored for like 10 years. And they were letting, you know, let the dogs play. Let them play in the backyard. You know, let Coinbase do what they want. Let Kraken do what they want. Let bees up by it, right? They all got to play. Now, they went. then we went through that second stage of, you know, then they they laugh at you stage. Um, like, ah, it's no big deal. Who cares, you know? Now we're in the, they then they fight you stage where they want it, okay? Because now they've seen it's established. It has something there. So they have to push out everybody who's been running this thing, right? And, you know, exactly like Coach says, right? Everybody's looking over there. But, um, Abs, what's happening is they're now going to say, okay, thank you guys for getting this set up. Thank you for building the foundation. We see how this works. Now get the hell out. <laughs> we're going to kick you all out. We're going to use our enforcers to kick you out, and that's what they're doing. And then we're going to take it over. And then once we take it over and we get our feet in the ground and we own everything, then we're going to pump that son bitch up higher than you've ever seen before. And that's why when you guys talk about pumps today, I don't give a crap. It doesn't matter to me because the real pumps are coming that I'm looking for later on when when all of the big boys are in position and they've got, you know, the, the when, when Fidelity is fully in. And they're not even in like to the extent that, you know, we all think it is. They're just getting their feet in. But the NASDAQ is established and then the regulation will come and then all the big money. Remember what Kevin O'Leary used to say? He said he was talking to these big companies. They had one, two to three percent of their funds they wanted to allocate. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it results in multi-billions of dollars that are going to be flooding into the space. And what makes a price go up? Money. You got to have people buying in. And the institutions have the money. And they'll get all settled in nicely. Up. So this is what you're watching, boys. You're watching it happen. But you're not used to it because this isn't what we do. The retailer isn't paying attention. The normal guy has no clue. Nobody was paying attention in the 1990s of what was going on, knowing that, you know, Amazon's of the world and, the, and Microsoft's world were going to be big. But that was where you needed to play. And that's what we're doing this time around. Absolutely, Johnny. And this is a great video before I kick it to Selman that I would love to play. We are on the precipice of a collapse like we haven't seen since August, since March of 2020 during the C-19 crisis. But this is a completely different collapse. Instead of it being outside circumstances, this is bleeding within the financial system. And this man highlights it very perfectly. What we've highlighted from day one, they collapse the markets, they roll out a solution, and that's how we end up with CBDCs. I think this paints a good picture. I think the biggest question out there that so many people are, are debating right now is, have we made it through the worst of this contagion when it comes to the banking crisis? You're pretty firmly in the camp that we have not. Well, you know, it's so much fun, Becky, to focus on AI and incredible innovations that are going on. But at the end of the day, sit back and think about common sense. In 2020 and 2021, trillions of dollars, more than a trillion, of mortgage-backed securities, of commercial real estate loans, of treasuries were sold, were, on the, were basically placed on the balance sheets of insurance companies and banks, okay? And investors and, and people sitting at homes right now enjoyed that. But those loans are still on the bank's balance sheets. And they're, when, you, when you take interest rates from zero to 5% in 13 months, those loans are now worth somewhere between 75 and 85, maybe 90 cents of the dollar. And those are massive losses under the surface. Our 21 leading systemic risk indicators are pointing at the highest probability of a crash or a sharp drawdown in the next 60 days. It's the highest probability since COVID. 
I'd just like to get some comments from the group there. Let's start off with Selman since uh, we haven't heard from you yet. What, what does this mean to you? Because I don't like the dark picture that it's painting, but I like the positive thing that happens on the back end. This is a planned economic collapse in order to leverage blockchain technology and bring more control to the central banks. But this is a process that we have to go through and having the self-awareness like 405 of our live listeners do, that's 90% of the battle right there. So Selman, why don't you start off with some comments and we'll kick it to Gonzo. Um, so first of all, in the last FOMC meeting last week, a journalist asked a very good question. Did you guys know about SVB and, you know, this potential contagion that could happen with that? He felt so uncomfortable and he said, I'll get back to you and then moved to someone else. Right. He, you, you, he was so uncomfortable in that in, in those seconds. And so, guys, all these people are uh, they graduate either from Harvard, Stanford, all these, you know, in, big um, and famous colleges and, you know, the best colleges in, in the U.S. These guys are smart. These guys are very smart. They, of course, they know if I print a trillion dollars, that's going to cause inflation. They know if I, you know, uh, raise rates, they, they have so much data, 100 years of data almost, right? They know that they can create systemic risk and they know that banks will suffer from this, right? They know that. So this is why I personally speculate. I could be completely wrong on this. But they are doing this to get rid of local banks. They want big banks to acquire the, the smaller local banks so that they can create a monopoly and then play or, or roll out the CBDCs. And um, just with a few major banks, and they will still leave like middle banks there, but they, they have no say. But like these big major banks, um, very close to the Fed, they will decide. And you know, Fed is not a government you know institution. It is literally, you know... Uh, issue or design created by private entities or private banks right and so um this is why these major banks will lead right cbdc's is the like cbdc is the future and i believe they know what they're doing and it's nothing new now they're acting like oh god we yeah systemic risk blah 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 but i believe it's just part of the game that they have designed decades ago probably like the last decade they they have been working on that yeah and even lagarde she's so scared literally like the way she talks the way she answers makes it so obvious cbdc's is the, the 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 main reason why this is all happening in my opinion because of what lagarde says and and jerome powell they are they want to roll out cbdc's and they just want that infrastructure they need to build the foundation first absolutely cbdc bad sorry crypto bad cbdc good guys and we've got christine lagarde reiterating some of those similar statements Gonzo, one of the things we know about the global elites is they have to put it in our face. They have to show us what they're going to do in order to subconsciously program the masses, right? Well, we've got a clear example of that here. And before we play this video, I'd just like to get some comments. How do you feel about the overall movement we're witnessing today and the fact that just having the awareness is about 80% of the battle? Yeah, you know, it definitely feels like there's something coming, right? Uh, you know, we've been talking about an automatic rally and then going into the eclipses, but as far as the banks are concerned, you know, I can kind of see the setup, right? If you look, the market is pricing in flat and then price cuts this year, right? To bring us down from that 5% federal funds rate. So if he does anything different than that, like let's say he raises 25 basis points and they were thinking it was going to go flat or we're going to get a rate cut, this market is going to correct. And if he continues to raise rates, it's going to expose the banks even more. Now, I know they have the bank term funding program and that these guys are now getting loans to kind of backstop depositors, but we still don't know what other 
system is going to break. Right now, it's the banks. It could be something totally different, right? The bond market, they broke, right? It's inverted yield curve, um, and it's kind of getting better. But if he continues to raise rates, um, something else is going to break. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to play this video right here, but there's something that we should mention about the bailing out of the banks. Isn't it ironic that the exact solution to the problem that we have today is on-demand liquidity? And the fact that they're trying to do it through a central bank digital currency, that's no surprise at all. But guys, we got 414 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and check out this very interesting video of Christine Lagarde telling us CBDCs are the only way central banks can keep control. Where do we stand? We central bankers, we have been operating as a monetary anchor in relation to the commercial banks and the private money. If we are not in that game, if we are not involved in experimenting, in innovating in terms of digital uh, central bank money, we risk losing the role of anchor that we have played uh, for many, many decades. And we have historical examples of period where the central bank uh, monetary anchor was not there, and that precipitated crisis after crisis. That certainly was the case at the time of the free banking in the 19th century. Do we want to go back to those days? Probably not. I would say certainly not from our vantage point, as a result of which we have to respond to the demand for those digital payments in order to maintain the role of anchor that we have uh, been playing uh, regularly. So many red flags in this video, Johnny. I'd like to get some comments and we'll kick it to the memory group. It's so easy when you create the story and you have the narratives. Um, the reality is she's right. There was a lot of issues because they created them. And that's how they would get people to see that the system that was running, by the way, uh, when we had central banks in America, Andrew Jackson came out, I'll give you a little history lesson here, and killed the central banks. And America actually flourished for 70, 80 years until they were successfully able to put the central banks back in, but they were very smart. They didn't call it the U.S. Central Bank anymore. They changed the name of it, and they called it the Federal Reserve because now it sounds like a government thing. <clears throat> and so people believe it is, and it's, it's neither. But nonetheless, the point is you saw her there justifying the need for the central bank to be able to funnel the money down to all the other banks because the reality is, you know, if we want to translate that to English, it's it's just a control. It's just a power grab. Again, additional. Because right now, the central banks don't have access apps to what people do. Right now, the, 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 the retail banks are kind of in the middle between us, if you look at the system. So the central banks feed the retail banks. The retail banks feed us. But when you go to a, a UBI or a FedNow, that eliminates that middleman, if you will. And now you're talking central bank directly to consumer, which really isn't supposed to. That's built into our constitution. That is not supposed to happen. And I'm, Correct. Just, I'm coming in with a lot of energy here, but it's I'm, I'm getting frustrated because you talk about how there's that middleman. That's purposeful. That's not like a, a flaw in the system. That's beneficial to retail investors like us. The second that there's not an intermediary between the Federal Reserve and the people making everyday payments, that's when the government loses control to the Federal Reserve. They're able to monetize our data, monetize our payments, and even categorize citizens based on what they're saying and what they're purchasing. So these are the red flags that we need to be aware of. And I think you got to bring this type of energy to the conversation, Johnny. I wouldn't describe it as something nonchalant. Oh, banks are getting rid of the middleman. Now banks are going to come to the Federal Reserve. This is what we, this is the worst thing that could happen to America. I can't reiterate that enough. 
We will lose our freedom. We will lose our sovereignty if we allow the federal banks to control our economy. So I'm turning right in the face here. I'd love to kick it to you. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're 100% spot on. That's exactly what we're saying here is this is bad. <laughs> this is not a good thing, but it's going to happen. You're not stopping it. Um, and the reason why it has to be a catastrophic event that they're setting up, you listen to everybody outside who's paying attention. They will all tell you that we have the most largest massive crash to our entire financial system that's coming. Why do you think that's coming? Because you just said it. There's a law that basically says the central banks cannot be directly connected to people. However, if they create enough of a, of a crisis so big, so bad that you have to change the law. So this can never happen again. Guess what? Every single American is going to line up and say, Oh yeah, you're right. Let's do that. And boom. And it's going to happen. And that's why you're seeing the largest massive crisis being set up probably in history because you have to justify changing laws. And that's how they're going to do it, in my, if I had a guess. Salman, I know you got some additional comments, and I'm going to give you the floor here. But here's what's very interesting. We had an article released from Coindesk this morning talking about how the former CFT chairman is an advocate of central bank digital currencies. But, of course, he used privacy-protecting CBDCs. This is BS. There's no other way to put it. There's no other way to do a central bank digital currency without infringing on privacy. So when you see articles like this, it's important to think for yourself and not just take them at their word. This is BS. But Selman, I'd love to just continue and then we'll break this thing down. Someone has commented that this is going to be like social. I think it was meant to like uh, social monitoring, right? And when you look at what's happening in Europe, in, in France, uh, you know, they, they're striking every almost every year. But it's like, not normal striking. They are really breaking things and it's ugly. It's really ugly what they're doing. Imagine you're literally just going from home to work, work to home, and someone comes and destroys your car, literally just out of anger. But, you know, you're just a normal worker, man. Go to the government, not me. Uh, but, you know, all these strikes, once they have CBDCs and they can see, and we know what happened in Canada, right, with the, uh, tr you know, truckers. The same thing in France. It, it would be the perfect thing for the government if they can know exactly who participated and they can immediately freeze all accounts because it's just CBDCs, right? Having that control. I'm not uh, supporting strikes. That's that's ugly. We should do it in a better way. But um, the government is definitely going to have a lot of control. And this is the worst part of CBDCs. But it's not the end of the world, guys. At the end of the day, Lagarde is also a human being. All these people who are issuing this are human beings. There is a backdoor to this. Trust me. And we've. I really wish we could show that video, Gonzo, that I prepared for our listeners earlier, where it's David Schwartz talking about how you can create federated side chains and then use a flip of the switch moment to practice liquidity and then actually bring that real liquidity in. But guys, we got 434 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto would love to get above 250 likes on this Tuesday. So let's make his day. But Gonzo, I'd just like to get some closing remarks from you. Since I can't play that flip of the switch moment, I slightly lost my train of thought. So I'm just going to give you the open floor and then we're going to follow up with some Hadera news. Um, yeah, you know, I think everybody said it. I mean, you were pretty eloquent when you when you said it, you know, um, and, and it just goes back to the initial point that we're in the they fight you stage. Right. And so it's really important to pay attention to these stories. You know, I know some things came up about like DeSantis and the state, um, and I think it brings attention to, to the matter. Right. As far as CBDCs and not being good. But ultimately, remember that the states can't pass laws against the federal government. Right. But 
if they can get like what Ted Cruz was trying to do and try to pass like a federal ban, then that's different. And those are the kind of things that you need to educate yourself on and you need to get behind, right? And, and, and we're going to get an election that comes. And so these are things that you need to pay attention to when it comes to voting, right? To see where these, um, whether it's Democrat, Republican, which ones are going to be uh, crypto friendly or be against CBDCs, right? Because we do have the power to vote. And so it's really important to do that. We also have the power to create generational wealth through these unique investments. And there was a great illustration highlighted this weekend where there was like 250,000 bubbles on the screen and there was a small corner. And they said, that's the people who are aware of crypto. There was a dot in the corner that represented about, I think it was like a fraction of a fraction of people. That's how many XRP holders out there. I did a terrible job of explaining that, but I do want to get into this question right here, Johnny. And this caught my attention. Abs, what is a practical solution? Should we barter? Obviously, we're not going to regress and go back to the barter system, but I do think I'm not smart. First of all, I'd like to preface, not smart enough to come up with a solution, but here's what I think should happen. I think that if we are going to give control to the Federal Reserve, we have to continue to keep a buffer in between. And I even believe that separate states like Gonzo had just mentioned should have separate financial policies. Now, this is a dangerous thing to say in America in 2023, but when you look at how the, the current economy is operating today, we're already basically in separate countries when it comes to political policy. The way that Texas is run as opposed to as opposed to California, as opposed to New York and Boston. I originally grew up in Boston. I migrated down to Florida. But one of the things that's clear is that when you travel to certain locations in America, there's a certain political dynamic within those locations. Now, when I go back home, it's drastically different than what I experienced down here. And I don't think there is a practical solution for the infinite liquidity that's already been happening today, Johnny. I don't think we can regress back to the days of bartering, but I don't think we can continue to print infinitely and then give more power to the people who are literally enslaving us. It doesn't make sense. Why would we, why would we double down on our oppressors? It just... There's no logical answer to that. So I have a couple articles to close us out on, but I just realized we have two minutes left in the show. What's it mean to you, Johnny? I think that, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think what's important, and I'll just say this, is that humans are survivalists. And I think what will happen is there'll be a segment of people that when they realize the system that's coming, and it's funny, I just talked with Coach about this last week when we were in L.A. When they realize the system that's coming, um, I think you'll find a subset of folks that will say, hey, you know what? Um, I, I, I kind of disagree with you. Abs. I think there'll be some form of a barter system that will come back because I think when people realize, and again, this will depend on how far they push the level of uh, control and limitation in the U.S. on CBDC. So, for example, if they say your money expires or they start taking your money away because you said something on social media, I don't think Americans are going to tolerate that. And I think what you'll see is I should say a small portion, I think won't tolerate. And you'll see businesses pop up saying, Hey, we accept gold. We accept silver. We accept Bitcoin. I think they'll, they'll have something different. I don't know if they're going to go back to the whole, you know, we'll take eggs for, you know, the trade off for milk kind of a deal. But I think you'll find alternative monetary solutions like gold, silver, and Bitcoin coming back to some degree. If, they push it that far. So we'll have to see how far it goes. So again, if I had to guess that that's my, uh, that would be my two cents there, Abs. And uh, thank you, Johnny Crypto. And this is our last thing. We're not gonna even going to dive into this, but guys, Starburst is officially building on HBAR and Gonzo. This is something we'll bring up and discuss tomorrow. 
This is something huge. Starburst is building their metaverse on HBAR, and we also have rumors of Skittles launching NFT. So we're going to dive into that tomorrow. But guys, we got 369 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And tomorrow on the show, we got digital perspectives joining us. That's going to be exciting. We'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, guys, get the shit together, baby. Thank you for joining. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go.